but we're going to mo- uh, mostly be speaking about handheld communication, uh, kind of like walkie-talkies for layman's terms, as well as the high-end stuff. We often want to get in touch with people, and um, when we're out in a big group, whether it be camping or hunting, obviously you don't always have that availability to text or to, and a lot of people don't have Garmin or a, a sat phone is just out of the price range for most people. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Hunters of America podcast. This is your host, Chet Gray. We're going to be speaking with Ted Harden in studio today. Ted's going to be speaking to us about all things communication, the handheld communication and how important that is during natural disasters, emergency preparedness, as well as being able to communicate with your hunting party or campers when you're out in the woods. These handheld radios have uh, various degrees of communication level, the entry-level stuff that you can program versus the entry-level stuff that you can't program. He's going to be diving into all that, into the little intricacies that most people, including ourselves, don't realize. There's the entry-level ham radios that allow you to extend your communication and being able to use repeaters throughout the United States so that you can have communication long distances. Ted's going to be educating all of us, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Hunters of America podcast. This is Chet Gray, your host, along with Mike Ronoski. How are you, Mike? We are doing great today. Hello, everybody. We have Ted Harden in studio today. Ted is going to speak to us about all things communications. Um, In light of everything going on in the world, it's just good to have a good uh, emergency preparedness plan, as well as having communication out in the backcountry. Some people can use cell phones if you have service, but numerous places when you start hiking off grid a little bit or when you start hunting and camping and you want to be away from everybody, you're going to either have um, different handheld radios, which we're going to discuss today, as well as different uh, potential satellite communication. You have Garmin inReach that I've used out of state, but we're going to mostly be speaking about handheld communication, kind of like walkie-talkies for layman's terms, as well as the high-end stuff. Ted, how are you? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Uh, Ted took time out of his busy schedule to accommodate us, and we are very, very appreciative. So, Mike and I are complete noobs when it comes <laughs> to communication. We know it's important. We know it's vital out there. We often want to get in touch with people, and um, when we're out in a big group, whether it be camping or hunting, obviously you don't always have that availability to text or to and a lot of people don't have Garmin or a, a sat phone is just out of the price range for most people. Mm-hmm. Please just break it down um, and talk about anything and everything because we are we we're so eager to learn, and I think a lot of our listeners are eager to learn about the ins and outs and all the different um, logistics in communications. I know terrain can play obviously a big role in that. A lot of people are used to the kind of the Cobra or the Midland walkie-talkies that you can get at any sporting goods store, but those are, correct me if I'm wrong, like they're different than a normal ham radio. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different type of tech, but kind of getting started, I mean, everybody's so used to now going from hotspot to hotspot, between cell tower to cell tower, and we don't have a whole lot of that capability anymore of really transmitting past maybe a hotspot that might not be directly next to us or maybe that cell tower and I know in the last probably seven years, we've had a couple of times where somebody ends up cutting a, you know, one of the cables, one of the data cables, and all of northern Arizona is without internet, without the capability of running their stores, anything like that. Cell phones are down at the same time. And, you know, especially with some of the excitement going on in Eastern Europe right now, um, everyone kind of has a little bit of a renewed uh, appreciation for a type of communication that doesn't necessarily require infrastructure in order to operate. Correct. So if our phones went down, we couldn't just call each other directly. Um, so that's, that's, it's, it's such an overlooked thing. I know we spend a lot of money on personal defense type training. We, t- we spend a lot of money on some of our hobbies, some of our, you know, some of the preparedness type stuff, but just think about how often you had to use those today. 
before noon versus how often have you checked your cell phone <laughs> or got on it some other mode of communication. And we just, we take it for granted so much. And that's where I've been um, teaching radio classes with uh, independence training now for about, this is the fourth year. And we start pretty much do some introduction classes where it's just kind of the same thing we're going to talk about today, where it's like, I don't know what I don't know. So get me started, get me on the right track sort of a deal. We've had some pretty good reception on it so far. Reception on it. <laughs> but, no pun intended. Uh, yeah. No, that's great. I, I think back, I got my little cheap little Cobras that are like $39 a piece. And mm. 90% of the time, they never work. And I throw them out in the batteries and they corrode. And it's like, so I just don't use them. We use our cell phone. Then when our cell phones don't work, it's like, what do we do? And then it's like, sucks to be us. You know, yeah, that, that yeah. seems to be the normal, you know, year in and year out. And, and we never really think about that electronic communication of, you know, that there is actually great communication. That's why it's exciting to have you on today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess getting started, um, I think a lot of people, if if they got involved with radio anything in the last 10 years, everyone started off with the Beofang. Maybe they bought two. Maybe they bought a pack of 10. Um, <laughs> they start off with that because that's they just heard from other people, like, hey, that's where you start. And you can get into it without it being a huge investment because these radios are like 25 30 bucks a piece um the downside is they get the radio they say all right i'm good maybe try it out a couple times put it back in whatever their go bag or in the back of their truck and they kind of just forget about it right they don't get out and train with it and they don't get they don't even get out and really try to use it at all and in a lot of cases they by the by the fcc rules they can't correct on a lot of the frequencies so that's what that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. There's a there's a GMRS, which is a very easy way to get licensed to have a family license for ten years. The range and the capability is going to be about about the same as um, a lot of the the handhelds that we use, and you don't have to worry about kind of operating under the radar and tempting the <laughs> the FCC at all from right. running into any issues. But as it stands right now, so a GMRS license for a family. Is thirty five dollars for ten years. Wow, cheap. So cheap, 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 and family <laughs> can be kind of a loose, <laughs> a a loose term. term. Um, but thirty five dollars, you get a call sign, and the process right now takes about a day and a half to process that. Oh, crazy! So, so there's no test. There's no government. Anything. This was through the government. Yeah, a day and a half. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> wow, don't, don't tell too many people. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, um, that's some really thin red tape. Oh yeah. my gosh. But yeah, thirty five bucks. <laughs> You get your license, you get a call sign, and GMRS radios and GMRS frequencies, you're free to use those. So okay. that includes simplex when we're talking just radio to radio, whether you're out in the in the woods, in the desert, you just want to talk one-to-one. You also have access to the GMRS repeaters in the state, and there are a ton of them. Just the geography in the southwest allows us to put those repeaters on mountains. And so if, they, if you're not familiar with what a repeater is, it's basically like a retransmitting site that... It's on a really high elevation, and it allows weak signals. It basically captures the weak signals and retransmits them out um, at a much higher elevation and at higher power. So where before on these radios, you probably have a range of about maybe two miles just in and around houses or, you know, kind of bumping around in thicker woods. Um, through these repeaters, it could be possibly 100 miles. Wow. And a lot of the repeaters are also linked to other repeaters in the state. Okay. So if I'm talking on, let's say, through the White Mountain repeater, it's also linked to Towers Mountain, a little bit north of the valley. Okay. It's also linked to Mount Eldon in Flagstaff. So I can sit there and talk in my house in Phoenix and talk to somebody through a repeater in Flagstaff, just the same as we were just down the street from each other. Wow. Crazy. So Hmm. that's the kind of stuff that um, the GMRS license is a good way to do that. Like I said, you don't have to take a test. You don't have to really invest a whole lot. The starting handheld radios are still about $25, $35 range. Um, they also they have the benefit of they make mobile radios, which are meant to be in vehicles, but you could also you could put it on a desk or you could put it in a RV or you could put it wherever. And those are those are like 10 times the power output of these handhelds. Nice. So the range is drastically further. Um on those okay so that would be something to consider like let's say because i know my family i have family in mesa scottsdale and tempe and i'm in north phoenix <laughs> so if we have a cell phone problem that's that's kind of our only option unless we're going to hop in a vehicle and go drive over to go see what's up with them right um and for the most part we can all talk house to house 
with the antenna setups that we have. So we don't even need to go through a repeater. Incredible. Well, I won't jump ahead. All right, no, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, so you can get started with that. Like I said, if you went on Amazon today and you picked out, um, there are a couple different types of model radios that people can look at when they're listening, but um, Beofeng, it's the B-Tech UV5G or the UV5X. It's about 30 bucks. You could probably get a two-pack of them, which get two. Um, two packs, like 60 bucks. And right after you buy the radios, um, go on the FCC website, fill the form out for your GMRS license, and probably by the time the Amazon van rolls up, you'll have the FCC email with your license in it ready to go. Hmm. And you'll be able to get out and test some of that stuff out. That's that, awesome. That so it happens. It's, it's pretty quick. So unless wow. the FCC decides to <laughs> not be – every once in a while they have problems, but – it, lately, it's been pretty quick on the turnaround. So. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. I had no idea. And what does GMRS stand for? It's the General Mobile Radio Service. Okay. And so that one, that requires a license. But like I said, it's just 35 bucks, 10 years for a family. Um, that's probably, that's one of the easiest ones. But that is to go from zero to having a lot of communication all across the state. That's the best way to start off. Because you don't have to take a test. You don't have to kind of know the ins and outs. Um, the way that GMRS is set up is it's set up in a channel system. So it's channels 1 through 22, and you're not having to memorize which frequencies you can and can't talk on. Uh, you're not having to, you know, do too much. You just kind of need to it's, – it's real simple. So specifically for family members, so I'm a big-time radio guy. My family couldn't <laughs> couldn't care less, even if they feign it. Like I'm not going to be able to get them to you know go take tests. And I know um, I was uh, I fight with some of the students too, where it's just like just go you know just go take the test. But some people just don't want to do it, right? Or you know for whatever for whatever reason they're just not going to do it. So this gives them you know for under a hundred bucks you've got your two radios and a license. And um, if you want to go further from that, uh, or if you want to go further above that, then that's a good starting point. If you decide, hey, this isn't going to, for whatever reason, my location isn't going to work or I'm not interested or the family's not interested, it's 100 bucks. Yep. Uh, Those so. are different levels of radios you can get that actually would increase it. If you're out, Let's say you're out hunting or in the outdoors and so big mountains. Is there a difference or is there pretty much everything's like a standard? Um, so you'll have different, for, for the most part, <laughs> most, for the most part uh, GMRS is either going to be like 5 watts, 15 watts, or 50 watts. So That's you, the power output. Okay, so you'd want the higher... Power output. Yeah, so, so so the higher the higher power output, they're gen, they're designed to work on twelve volts. So it's probably going to need to be attached to a UTV or a vehicle or something along those lines, or in a house, okay, or in an RV or something like that. Um, you can carry them around with a twelve volt battery. You know, not yeah. a, it doesn't need to be a huge twelve volt battery. Sure. Um, but um, that's that's an option. But if or if you're going to go out and kind of set up, you know, elk camp someplace, that would be a radio that you would want to have their kind of centralized like you could have your 12 volt battery hooked up to a, a tall antenna mm -hmm. and that could be like the base communication correct yeah okay. so if you well. had different people going out at different times or someone had to run in to go you know run to go get ice or go check for something then you would have um and i'll talk about some of the different antenna setups but really easy to set up you just you'd leave that on and you know you can charge the battery a million different ways, you know, off the vehicles that are out there or maybe a solar. solar. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you, now I'm forgetting what the name of the, the battery packs are. They're getting popular, but they're the little inverter stations. They're usually like a hundred or 300 bucks. Right. Got a little handle on it. I mean, that'd be something that you could charge that 12 volt battery, or you could just run it off of that system itself too. Now, if you and your family, as that example, are communicating from Phoenix and all around Maricopa County. Could someone else listen to those communications? Yes. And so privacy becomes a little bit of an issue with this. Pretty much anything that you do to key up on a radio, someone else is going to be able to listen to it. Okay. And so that that becomes a concern from a uh, personal security side of things. You don't want to give out too much info. Right. The downside is to just be aware that when you go to give your license out or your call sign out over the air, that's attached to your name and whatever mailing address you gave to the FCC as well. So that's kind of one of those things that helps keep people a little bit honest to make sure people aren't uh, completely abusing some of the systems. But that's sometimes that's that's enough that that, that could turn some people away. Right. Um, now, if you're going to be out in the woods or out in the desert, you don't have to. 
ID with your call sign necessarily all the time to be okay. by the book. So, I mean, if you've got, I know hunting season, especially in, up in like 4A, 4B, it looks like a used truck parking lot like yep. this time of year. You might not want to be giving out too much info or too much, too much, you know. You're reading my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's one of the things that we talk about in class. I mean, so you you could, you could kind of figure out a system with, with your family to maybe let's not refer to it by the mile post. Let's maybe refer to it as like, Hey, that, you know, remember that rock pile or remember where the, yeah, we're across the street from, you know, I don't know. Uh, just come up with something that no one's going to be able to go right there and, you know, figure out where your stand is or figure out where that you're sitting at that tank or whatever's going on. So that makes sense. Yep. But yeah, just be aware that whenever you go to transmit, depending on who's looking for you um, or whoever wants to listen to you, um, it's, it's going to be pretty easy regardless of whatever type of radio stuff you do. Okay. So, um, but yeah, that's where a little bit of per sec kind of keeping, keeping things. You yeah. Might not, you might not want might not want to give kids names out over the radio or things like that. but Yeah, that's all definitely crucial information that if there's only, you said, 22 channels. Yeah. So so you don't want somebody calling your kids by name over the radio exactly. and walking them out, you know, to someplace. So that's that's the kind of stuff you just kind of keep in. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's all part of getting the family on board kind of. And yeah, just, having those talks. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, the next step up. The next step up, so... GMRS, like I said, that gets you started. That gets your foot in the door. That gets your family on the air, family and friends for the most part. Um, the next step up would be starting to look at the actual amateur radio licenses. And that's, there's three levels of it. The simplest one, will that's what I usually focus on in the classes because it's the most easily obtainable one. Seven and 12-year-olds take the test and it's like no big deal. Um, it's a It's a little bit more involved, but it gives you... I'm going to say probably two to three times more access to repeaters, probably five to ten times more people on than GMRS. Okay. So there's a lot more, lot more people to talk to, a lot more people that could possibly help you out if you needed it. Um, it's just kind of standard. So GMRS is going to mostly be like, I've got a family or I've got a group. I need to get these people set up and I know that they're not going to be interested in kind of, you know, learning too much other than to push to talk and right. go, go from there. Channel two and push to talk. Um, That's like you setting them all up and handing them out like and here saying, here, yeah. it's already on the right station. Locking, Just... the, locking the keypad so nobody changes anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that would... That's that option, and that's probably the easiest one to get set up immediately. And like I said, no test, no any. Just and that's the stuff. Walmart, Cabela's, anywhere that. Well, no, not quite. This okay. is this is a step up from that. So, okay. um, you would be buying specifically a GMRS radio. Okay. And so that's you're not necessarily. It's not that much more of an expensive thing. So the like I said, the Beofeng radio or the B Tech company. They make GMRS radios, gotcha. and there are a bunch of Chinese companies too that are making the the like thirty to forty dollar GMRS five watt standard radios, and okay. so that's what I would suggest people start with. Gotcha. And then for the mobile radios, where you do um, where you're going to put them in vehicles or something, price starts to go up depending on what the power is. But two hundred bucks is you're probably going two hundred bucks is it. So I mean, if you wanted if that was your base station radio for your house. Um, or for an RV or your vehicle or whatever, it's two hundred bucks. But in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's really not. It's like a set. It's, yeah, it's uh, a set of arrows. <laughs> yeah. It's a set of arrows or two tanks of gas nowadays. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but yeah, the next next level up, like I said, that would be the the amateur license side of things. And I would say you could be fairly comfortable and stop at the the first license, which is a tech license. Um, but that's the one that it does require a test. Like I said. People, you, you pretty much just need to decide you're going to go in and do it, and you'll pass it. Um, but that kind of turns some people off from sure. having to spend the five days for half hour a night studying. Um, but that's that's also that's thirty five dollars. And since COVID happened, people started doing the tests remotely now, oh, so nice. you don't even have to go try to find. Oh wow! Place. So like I remember, I did mine in the Red Cross building downtown, which is well, I don't know how many years ago that was, but now fire up Skype or you know whatever else and um they'll do the test for you you don't have to leave the house well that's great so but the the amateur radio side like i said there if you want like if you were if it was just you and you were out um anywhere in the state it's going to give you a lot more options the amateur radio 
system, the repeaters are all linked as well for the most part. Um, there are two big linked systems in Arizona. One of them is, um, so if people want to look it up while, while they're listening, one of them is RimLink, and that basically covers from Phoenix to Utah. And then you have EARS, which is the Eastern Arizona Amateur Radio Society system. That's basically Phoenix to New Mexico. So it's pretty big. They've got repeaters all along all along those parts of the state, and you can pretty much talk on any side of those. When you go west of Phoenix, you start to get into some of the California systems, which are also really great. I don't do that much west of there, so um, that would just be something you just have to look up online. Um, but they have the Calzona linked systems on that side, and it's pretty much you get on the other side of White Mountains, and you know, you're know you kind of in that whole other yep. atmosphere. Um, but Where would they go? Where would we or our listeners go to look that stuff up? So I would start, there's really, unfortunately, there's no like central site that lists where the repeaters are. There are so many clubs and everyone's so kind of disjointed as far as my club does this. And maybe the website's 15 years old, but the repeater is like, it's been the same frequency for 40 years. Okay. So like you pretty much just have to Google whatever area of the state and then repeater um, or radio club. And that's, that's the easiest way to find it. Okay. So great. Incredible. But yeah, so that's knowing how, knowing where those repeater systems are. So if you are doing anything outdoors, you would obviously program whatever the radios were to be in that area to use those, to use those repeaters with regard to with GMRS, you would just be using GMRS repeaters with the Baofeng radios which would be just your typical amateur radios. Technically, you're not supposed to transmit on GMRS frequencies. The radio has 100% of the capability to do so, and nobody's going to know that whatever radio you're using. Right. So from a preparedness standpoint, you would want to have a radio that covers multiple frequencies. So even if you didn't have a tech license, if you got in a bind during an emergency, none of the FCC rules matter. So if you had... The capability you had the those repeaters already programmed into your radio you just knew that all right i'm west of white tanks click 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 i'm going to go on get into some of the california linked systems or some of the western arizona systems and you're talking to them gotcha so <laughs> the schoolhouse answer is you want to make sure that you're using the correct radio for the correct frequencies but it's also if there's an emergency it's you got to do what you got to do to survive yeah, or right. be able to communicate no yeah, matter what. Sure. So um, there's a lot of info online about that. But like I said, if you ended up with an inexpensive handheld, they all have the capability of talking on those GMRS frequencies. Okay. Which would also be a benefit if you went and bought a bunch of GMRS radios to hand out to your family. You would also, you could have a radio that has the capability of talking to them, but also talking to some of those other repeaters. So where you might want to hand them something that's limited, something that they can't really mess with a whole lot, but you would want to carry something that has has more capability. That's very smart. And that double, it's kind of redundancy, Mm -hmm. but having that backup and being able to use multiple different things, we always... Yep. We're always looking for one tool that can do multiple things. Like it's like the the Leatherman of radios. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and and if you happen to be the radio person, or as much as you know, the most radio person, I guess in the family, you like I said, you don't want to hand a radio like one of these um, to somebody because there's 120 frequencies in there. Gotcha. You don't want to hand yep. you know somebody who's not used to that. And just say, hey, we'll take a guess. I can spin through it. And I know exactly where they are in the state and what I can get into. I want them to have probably have three channels in there. Makes sense. So Makes perfect sense. Like giving your grandma or yeah. your <laughs> uh, smartphone and saying, <laughs> get on here and yeah. post this on Instagram. Yeah, where's my Facebook photo? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but, but as far as getting help when you're out there, um, one of the things we always do, we always talk about in class is we always – we focus on the PACE plan, so the old Army acronym where you've got your primary, your alternate, your contingency, and your emergency plan. So depending on where, how comfortable you are in that area, like we were kind of mentioning the inReach, in some parts of the state, that's, that, that's going to be the way you're going to get help. It's like there, I know that especially up in Kaibab or Grand Canyon or, you know, even some of those canyons, 
you go through the switch back and you're not talking to anybody. And they really don't have a lot of radio infrastructure there. So you'd be counting on somebody to just be in the right spot because you're not going to be talking out of the canyon to a repeater. Right. Um, you know, when you're that far down or you're two switchbacks too far. Um, so that's where knowing the area and if you're if you're not sure that, you know, that you're able to hit any repeaters with your vehicle radio or your handheld radio, then um, that inReach is that's part of the pace plan. Yep. So I don't want to don't want to talk down radio stuff, but there are some parts of the state that um, there's you know, if you go too far <laughs> kind of kind of down in the canyon or around the wrong hill, um, you might end up uh, running into an issue where, especially if you can't move to that area right. um, to be able to transmit, all you can do is lay there and you know work on your work on the inReach or work on your Spot X, and that's that's what you got. So yep. makes sense. So part of it is, yeah, it's I don't want to shun the the GPS or, or the satellite options because it's definitely it has a, it has its role. Yep, for sure. Multifaceted have different, like you said, the backup to the backup, and they're all different. They're working off of a satellite, the you know a GPS global positioning system, and those those inreaches work great when you link them to your phone, and yeah. you can have those pre-programmed you know three or five text messages that are real sm- uh, short, mm-hmm. or when if you have you know pending you have battery life still yeah. or some way of charging your phone, you can still send out a normal text paired through the inreach, and then it sends it to someone else's phone. Yeah, yeah, and so that like I said, that ends up being a good option. Um, but that, that's where setting up a plan like that with your family or with your group, you kind of have to figure out what that pace plan is going to be. So I know like for our family, primary is going to be cell phone. Alternate could be a landline or maybe seeing if we could get a text out, see if we get an email out, maybe the phone systems are down. Let's try to maybe social media to get in there. Um, you know, that, and that could be the contingency. The emergency would be, all right, we're going to go get in the car and go over there and see what's going on, you know, depending. Yep. Yeah, it might that might be an emergency to get in the right. vehicle and go do that. So, but that's kind of where planning some of that stuff out um, ahead of time. The more simple that you can make it, the better. So I know we have a family cabin that's in Forest Lakes. This is just northeast of Payson, 120 miles from here. Um, I know we had uh, my sister-in-law was coming down from Flagstaff, and that was exactly when she decided to come back through the cabin route and stay there for a night that was when the two guys cut the fiber optic cable going to north arizona or northern arizona so she was a single female we weren't sure if she made it you know to the cabin or not um you know we had no way of confirming it the weather wasn't necessarily bad but it's like all right it's 10 o'clock at night do we really want to try to play bumper cars with the elk to try to go up there to make sure she's okay or what's the deal right yeah so i remember my dad came to me he's like you need to figure out a radio setup for the cabin. So I pretty much have it set up upstairs, kind of out of the way, but it's got a it's got a little note card on it that says hit the red button and it's set it has up just a handful of channels and every channel um that's programmed in will hit a repeater in the area. Oh, so great. they'll be able to they'll be able to get out to at least somebody. And if you know the idea would be they, they could possibly get a hold of somebody that could send a message or make a call or do whatever. Hopefully someone that'd be outside of the range, but we can talk from that cabin through a linked repeater on Mount Ord, just off of eighty seven, yep. back into the Phoenix systems. That's huge. So and that that's something that it runs off battery power. So the power goes out there all the time too. Yep. So that's always an issue. Yep. Um so you've got at least got a pretty good amount of time. To be able to at least say, hey, I'm okay. Or at least get on the phone with someone else in Phoenix and say, hey, uh, could I need you to send a text or I need you to make a phone call. Um, could you help me out? And then they'll come back. And they're like, all right, we're good. So they, they at least know you're okay. So you're not going to have to <laughs> drive through the dark just to Absolutely. say hi. And sure. so many people here in Phoenix, whether you're a hunter or not, have cabins up north to escape the heat in the summer mm-hmm. or to go play in the snow. So that it's vital, mm-hmm. it's super vital. And with the with the way the plows don't really come around that fast in the winter too, I know a lot of times we don't, we just try not to even mess with that. But you could be spending quite a few days there, depending on how much snow uh, happened. And you know, hopefully that wouldn't happen if you were out on a hunting trip or a camping trip. Because I know sometimes even if you were able to get to the to the highway, then you got to deal with whatever's on the highway from that point too. And hundred um, percent. Yep. 
So that's where having that option, whether it's set up at a camp or, you know, I always tell the class that the easiest way to make sure you always have a radio on you is put one in your vehicle. So I know some people, if you got a little speedy BMW, you're probably not going to want to, you're not going to want to put an amateur radio in there, but you know, we all have trucks. Most of us. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So, um, that's always a good way. Or you could just throw a handheld in the back, but, but yeah, the biggest thing is to, if you are going to make any plans with your family, the first thing you have to do is you have to get everyone in the room at the same time, go through the radio check. Don't assume that they're going to know how to do anything that they're, you know, just kind of baby steps. And then from there, you know, you don't have to be, we don't have to be putting people through, you know, boot camp or anything. Um, but Hey, call them up, say, Hey, turn your radio on, do channel one, see if you can hear me. And then say, okay, talk back to me. You know, say, okay. Um, I do that with my dad every once in a while. Cause I do hikes around the Valley that are kind of radio related things. And I, my dad just walk out on his back patio and I say, Hey, radio yep. check. And he's like, yep, I hear you. And I'm like, all right, later. That's great. <laughs> see you. That's great. Yeah, that's it, it works. Yeah. Yep. So just make sure that he knows where his stuff is at. It's charged. And you know, there wasn't anything that, you know, happened with it up until that point. So, but doing little checks like that, I mean, that goes in with pretty much any, anything with the family too, any sort of preparedness type stuff. You've always got to kind of check people on it every once in a while. Right. That's, it's crucial. I mean, it could be a perishable skill where you try it once and you don't remember. And then when it really is a, an emergency situation and you've forgotten how that's, you know, when that elevated blood pressure is going to go through the roof and you're going to start freaking out. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the benefits of being able to program some of this stuff in for the area, because I, when I'm between teaching classes, I don't use the, the Beofeng kind of inexpensive Chinese type radios very often. And I have to go through the day before and remember how to do it. Cause if, yeah, it's an, every three or four months when I have to do a class, I just have to spend, sit down 20 minutes, go back through my notes. And, but you wouldn't want to do that. Uh, you know, if, if you were cold or hurt or hungry or whatever, cause it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Exactly. All your fine motor skills and cognitive skills get depleted in those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. And then the next step within those. Realistically, probably the amateur radio side beyond the tech license, it's sort of becomes getting into the hobby side of things. Okay. And it becomes a lot more, if you were trying to do any event plan or not event playing, but sort of like family preparedness type stuff. Uh, so where these radios you're, you're operating either through repeaters or you're operating through pretty much line of sight. So when you do anything beyond VHF, UHF, you're bouncing signals off the atmosphere. And so depending on what time of the day it is, or depending if there's some, something goofy going on in in the atmosphere, um, you could be talking to someone at the same time one day and then the next day, no chance. Hmm. So where these are consistent, if it, if you got out and you made it work and everyone's equipment is still working the same 99% chance, it's going to be the exact same for the next year or so. Um, so okay. that's where, that's why I say getting, getting past that, um, like when you get into for the amateur license for your, um, general or your, um, your extra license, your range goes from basically whatever the the simplex range could be, which could be anywhere from like two miles to I've got um, 120 miles on some of the taller mountains on with the handheld. Wow! Wow! Um, wow. But that's that's being up at like eight thousand, nine thousand feet, and these mm-hmm. other guys were at like probably seven or eight thousand feet as well. So that there's nothing between us. Um, so that was able to work, but you for the most part you would just be limited to whatever your simplex range or whatever your repeater range where bouncing things off um the ionosphere uh i've had some contacts that are uh nine ten thousand miles away Holy and cow. so that's it but it's a different ball game it's not you know it's it's not necess- like i said it's not something that's consistent and it's definitely not something that if you did not have an interest in doing it you're not gonna yeah be able to talk someone through that to set that up easily right. but it does give you some some regional options um, where you don't have to rely on a repeater, you don't have to rely on getting on an eight thousand foot mountain, you know, to get out on any distance. But like I said, that kind of gets a little bit more into the hobby side of things, which I know a lot of us or a lot of people just kind of they they see a a situation or they see a need for communication in whatever they're currently doing, 
and they don't need another hobby in their garage or in their office or whatever like exactly. that. So they, that's where GMRS and the amateur radio, the tech license, that is, if that's where people stopped, they would still, they would be so much better off um, just by, just by stopping there. So that probably covers 99% of the people, right? Yeah. As far as a lot of the preparedness type immediate stuff that you would need to do. Um, Cause I mean, with these, you turn them on and you can talk for the most part or yep. with the mobile setups, yep. you turn them on, plug the battery in, you throw an antenna up into a tree um, and you're talking <laughs> with some of the HF stuff um, or the high frequency stuff. You're having to run like a 30, 40, 60 foot wire and try to figure out a mast for it. And you've got a bunch of other stuff that you've got to set up and you're not going to do that when it's cold. Right. Or you're not going to do that when. No. And, you know, it's, it, it limits who you can talk to and you can't necessarily control where in the country you're going to be talking to. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit more of the hobby side of things. But gotcha. Yeah, the VHF, UHF, they're both line of sight. So that's going to be your... Your GMRS radios are all UHF. Um, the amateur, like the Baofeng radios, the $25 ones, they're UHF and VHF. So they've that's why people like them so much is you've, you've got some options right there, and you're not having to spend necessarily too much money. It's on not it. breaking the bank yep. to, to be entry level into the game. Exactly. That's great. So, Man, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. You don't realize <laughs> just a handheld radio can be so technical and – Give you so much opportunity, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to communicate. Yeah. And I'm from the old school where you just get them and you go camping or you're you're following another truck and they get a mile in front of you and you can't hear them yeah, and yeah. you get frustrated and throw them on there and wait till you can so one use a cell phone. So, I mean, yeah. that's how we used to use them, but it seemed like they never worked half the time because somebody gets stuck in traffic and they're we're two, three miles ahead and you're like, hey, where you at? And then they're cutting in and out. And so, uh, while we're talking about that, um, they, they are relatively inexpensive magnet mount antennas that are built specifically for these radios and for any amateur or any GMRS radio. Um, just stick it on either the hood of the truck or whatever. The downside you have is you were just talking about that. The range just goes away Yep. because think about you're transmitting inside of a metal box. So it's pretty much like a Faraday cage. Your signal's not getting out and that the other oh. signal's not getting in. So Sounds. if you can get it out of the vehicle and on the hood or on the roof of, of a truck or a vehicle, then your range goes, it's definitely, definitely improves. So unless they're going, you know, way around some switchbacks or way yeah. around some, some yeah. mountains or anything, um, you're going to, you're going to be able to get a lot more range for that. And that's a $30 Amazon, you know, stick on the roof antenna. Wow, so that's, that's, that's not <laughs> a big investment and you don't have to do anything t- permanent to the vehicle either. Just put it on the roof, shut the cord in the door and, go from there and do they plug into your little radio or does yeah. it actually have like a bluetooth that connects to it no um so it has it'll have an adapter that you just plug right into the top oh so you can so, just, okay so you, you take just, the antenna off the, the yeah, radio yeah. then it plugs in okay so all of these uh all these uh, the radios that we talked about you'll be able to incredible just run them right in the top and once again this is not a permanent thing that i'm doing to this either so you can swap them out the type of antenna that you have Definitely makes a difference, and like I, the mag mount and the magnet mount antenna that we were talking about for the vehicle, you could also use that inside of your house or anywhere. And one of the tricks is if you have a, a steel baking sheet, set it on a table, or set it in the windowsill, stick that in the middle of there. It has the same ground plane capability that the hood of a vehicle does. Interesting. So that that by itself gets you some range without having to go um, throw an antenna up um, somewhere Climbing outside. Climbing on the roof and yeah. putting one up or. Having it on your flagpole in the backyard. Yeah. And then some of the, like one of the options that I like, we talk about this in class. So this is a backpacking antenna. So it, it'll fold down even smaller than this, but it's about a five foot long as I'm describing it <laughs> through the uh, through the mic. Um, Almost like a big giant dog collar is what it kind of looks pretty like. Pretty much. So roll it. what you would do is you would, um, you would just, you wouldn't even have to throw it up into a tree. I mean, even if you just got this above your head and th- slung it over a bush or something um it's that's going to increase your range it's also going to increase um your ability to receive and so this is like 25 bucks okay and so for a model if people are listening on if they want the the model number it's the n9tax um and you can you can get them on ebay you can get them um uh from directly from the guy who makes them um but 
a simple backpacking antenna like that, even if, I mean, it's, it doesn't weigh anything. Yep. Um, Let's throw, throw that in your bag. And like some of the times, I mean, I know most of the, well, not most of the state, but parts of the state, there are no trees. So yep. throw it over a bush as if you can get it as high above your head as you can. Um, that's going to be a game changer. Um, or, you know, if that, if this was part of your, you could use this as the base camp antenna, you would just end up with a little bit of longer coax, which isn't very expensive and as high up as you could throw it in the tree. Um, you just leave it up there and do that. So, okay. So there's, as far that's as the whole antenna, I know everybody that's listening can't see it. It's, so this it's is, a long flexible antenna that can screw into the top of where your normal kind of stubby antenna would be. Sure. What's crazy is I think back when I was a kid, I'm going way back. We used to play with Hot Wheels and the, and the dirt and stuff. Yeah. And they used to have this little plastic jump that you would set up and you, you would unfold <laughs> it and roll it. Yeah. And it would go up and then you'd shoot your little Hot Wheel car. And it, it looks would, like it a would, track. It would, it, would, it would do like a track. And that's exactly what it reminded me of is little Hot Wheel. Yeah. And this, okay. is, this is actually pre-World War II. This is what everyone used instead of coax cable um, because they didn't, they didn't have the need for, um, well, they didn't have the coax cable yet. It was too expensive to do. Um, but this is called window line or window wire. Um, but as far as if you wanted to put this up, I mean, I've, I've had one, um, I actually had one that was on my roof that was inside of a PVC pipe for about four years. Mm. So the, these can stay outside too. Um, and then you would just get a, an extra length of uh, coax and you could get it whatever color you wanted. So if you hadn't needed to be sneaky in an HOA and hang this up in a tree, um, if you didn't want to have anything that was, relatively permanent um but it's yeah some of the stuff is uh it's a little bit of a learning process piecing some of it together but that's oh, yeah. that's where like taking taking a class and you know you have someone throw a bunch of model numbers at you and a bunch of websites and it definitely it helps you get caught up a lot faster go home and take your time googling yep. everything yeah. yeah exactly and i'm thinking i was on a sheep hunt a couple of years ago you know and it's all walking only i mean mm -hmm. And we're all walking, you know, across from each other, and all of our radios didn't work. And I mean, that's a perfect thing. To, we knew because we knew that we had to go from point A to point B based on our on axes. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we left and split, we had no signal, and we basically all were just walking side by side, just glassing, looking for sheep. And yeah. until we all met up, you know, eight miles down, and then we mm -hmm. were able to say, "Hey, yeah, we saw sheep, and didn't see no sheep, and things like that." Yeah, and that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and like I said, <laughs> you could just whatever length of coax you wanted, you could do five foot, ten foot, whatever. Um, 25 feet <laughs> if you want wow. to really throw it up in a tree um but yeah this this base antenna is just yeah 20 game changer 20, 23 bucks but it is a game changer yeah and some of the other antenna options you've got some directional antennas so let's say you guys were set up at your sheep camp or wherever you guys were hanging out yep. but you you knew roughly which area you were going probably <laughs> Yep. Uphill. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Straight so, up and, and falling canyons. Yep. Exactly. So you would end up these these directional antennas look exactly like the old school TV antennas. Just you know the multiple. Yep. Look, they look like Easton arrows kind of on each side. You could get a relatively lightweight setup of that and set that up wherever kind of the base camp was, and you would have communication that would throw that signal a lot further to be able to talk to people. Wow. So if you needed to get people back. Or yep. you need to figure out, like, hey, someone didn't make it back on time or whatever. Um, those directional antennas are going to throw that uh, a lot further. And so those are anywhere from, I don't know, probably two by two feet long to uh, they make uh, takedown um, or collapsible backpacking ones. Um, and they actually use Easton arrow shafts to, to make the antennas on them. It's almost like, inserts a, and like when I was a kid, and my dad always sent me up on the roof to move the antenna and keep check so he could yeah. get channel three and channel five and everything else because yeah. we were too cheap to pay for cable. <laughs> I remember, yeah. So it's almost the same thing then. Yeah, it'd be the same, the same thing. thing. So yep. you, you point point it toward, you know, kind of whatever the most likely spot. And it doesn't have to, it's not like a laser beam, but, yeah. you know, you get it in that immediate area and you'll be able to definitely get a hold of people a lot a lot better in that direction. And the same deal coming back, they'd be able to Got just it. with regular antennas. Um, but that doesn't work. Correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't work like as a repeater, correct? No. Um, so, but there is an option. There are some options to do that as well. Um, so on the amateur radio side, they have a function that's called cross band repeat. Okay. Now it'd be something that someone should probably Google that. Um, if you're, if you're interested in that, but that's where you do, you have a mobile radio that does, um, 
it listens on one block of frequencies and it basically whatever it hears on one side transmits it to the other side. So they, um, the downside is on a lot of the mobile radios, it's, it's using completely different frequencies, but it works like a little repeater. So one of the tricks of that would be, let's say you, you got out of the truck. I know I normally was walking like probably two or three miles away from my truck, um, out chasing pigs or, you know, deer or whatever. Um, if I had a handheld, there's no way I'm getting to a repeater that's nearby when I'm kind of, you know, out walking through the valleys and stuff. But what I could do is I'd set my truck up on crossband repeat. I can make the two miles to my truck. The truck full power is making it no problem to the repeater. So I have that direct access to that repeater through that's that huge. little handheld. Wow. So you could do the same thing at your at your base camp that you could set it up you could set the radios up to basically use that and so people could go pretty much in any direction and you'd end up with instead of five watts talking to each other you'd have 50 watts going in all directions that's great that's that's exactly what we need mikey exactly what we need yep they do have us up yeah there there is a so most of the time those radios are gonna be about like the 250 dollar ish range so it's not crazy but i mean there is another easier. Those are the higher power ones. Those are meant for um, the amateur radio side of things, but they're easy enough to set up. Okay, you can still still stay within FCC regs without really rustling and anybody's feathers. Just think if you spend any amount of time outdoors. I mean, that is money well spent. Yeah, knowing that you you have that base and wherever you go, you can at least communicate whoever's back at the truck or camp. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. So as an example, if you're up. Like in forest lakes, mm-hmm. lots of ponderosa pines everywhere. If you are away from your cabin mm-hmm. and you and a friend are a couple miles that way to the east, you have your truck in the middle and a couple guys two or mo- three miles to the west. Mm-hmm. And you have that set up on your, on your car, even mm-hmm. with the valleys and all those trees because it's all those trees correct are impacting the radio wave it's it's got to go through all that kind of terrain in order to reach but because you have your truck at a higher platform and a the antenna like you said the it's going to be a better performing antenna it's going to be a lot more sensitive to be able to listen to that stuff so and also when it retransmits out it's retransmitting at 50 watts instead of five watts so that signal is going to be going a lot further so if you needed to you wouldn't even necessarily need to park a vehicle. Like I said, you could, these run off of batteries. So if you wanted to go kind of be sneaky and run an antenna up, put the, put the radio there, cover the, cover the radio up and just kind of leave it there for a, for a time being, you could also go do that as well. People will build those into ammo cans, spray paint them, and then just leave a bunch of stuff on them and set the radio up to be kind of like a little mobile repeater between some of the areas. Hmm. So I've and, done that with some people on, on South Mountain, and the kind of interesting thing is when I'm at the top of South Mountain, pretty much all everything north and everything east, but also everything south down into Maricopa, into Casa Grande, even a couple times into Tucson, I'm able to set up a cross-band repeat frequency. And now so people in North Phoenix are talking to people just in Marana and Tucson and stuff wow. like that. And that's, that's with a $200, $250 radio. That's crazy. Um that's where you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, so that would be, you know, from a group standpoint, um, you, you, I'm sure you could think of a bunch of options of, of ways you wanted yeah. to do that. So, And obviously there's not as many trees, but if you, in that scenario I kind of made up, the two people to the west, two people to the east, mm-hmm. and either you had it in an ammo can for a portable um, repeater or in your vehicle – through those big ponderosas and stuff, that would still pretty yeah, work yeah. pretty well. And you're going to, the the further away you get, you're going to start to run into some issues. But I know if you are set up on about from, I know from, because I have a the crossband repeater set or the crossband uh, set up at my cabin. And okay. I know I'm able to, I think the last time I was able to get 20 miles north of there on my handheld, on my ATV and still get back to the cabin. And that was with a very inexpensive antenna on the roof. Not not a big deal. Um, 
you know, if I would have probably positioned my truck somewhere better than just <laughs> in the driveway, then I probably would have been, would have been able to push it out a little further. But that's where on the amateur radio side of things, you kind of get, get a few more toys to play with. That's um, huge. So it ends up being. Yeah, that's almost cool. like from Forest Lakes to No Lake, almost like yeah. in a rim run. You're yeah. almost talking like in a, if you drew a circle from there or from there to Woods Canyon, then maybe even start going towards Hebrew Overgarden. You're yeah. almost like, and that's kind of like your circle, kind of. Yeah. And it, it dro- unfortunately, as soon as you start dropping off the rim, then you're kind of out of that mix. But, um, but yeah, um, I usually, yeah, take 90 all the way up to 504. I made it like just up to whatever that 504 Hebrew Road is. That's not going to mean yep. anything to these guys, but, um, it's pretty far. Wow. Um, so. Incredible. Incredible. That's huge. And these brands that you're talking about, are they still the B-Tech? Yeah. So B-Tech and um, Baofeng, that's what I would start off as. Um, I, that's what I'd start off with because they're inexpensive. Like I said, it's not that much of an investment ahead of time. So if, if you decide it's not going to work, I would definitely invest in, um, like I said, one of these backpacking antennas or some sort of, um, or the mag mount antenna first, because that's going to, if just assume you're going to be doing something in a vehicle at some point. So you might as well have that capability. Um, and then, you know, kind of going from there, get out and use it, get out and test it and see what you can do. Like I said, even, even if it's dumb with, Hey, can you hear me? And then just walk for another 20 minutes. Hey, can you still hear me? And then, yep. you know, like the old Verizon commercials. Yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. So, and it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. And you just, you could mark off on your GPS or just make a mental note of from the cabin or from the campsite or, you know, wherever this is about the limit that I know I need to probably get up higher or I might need to throw an antenna up in a tree, but it's kind of like your comfort bubble as far yeah. as communication goes. So, yeah, I'm even thinking some friends, this has probably been five, six years ago. They love going to dunes and they sent their kids on a, on a ride. Mm-hmm. Of course there's no signal. And of course yeah. one of the kids, you know, rolled one of the, the bikes, and they were out in the middle of the, the sand but no communication, but luckily another yeah. guy was driving by and was able to help them. But yeah. that is a perfect thing, just thinking from a base camp where they got their, their RV and sending all their kids and new people. Because if you ever go to the dunes, I mean, it's there's nothing. It's it's yeah. a ghost town out there. Unless, I mean, just that safety piece alone, just, I mean, that's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. I never even thought about that. And then, but yeah, you know, putting, there are a lot of, I mean, everyone, people don't even have ATVs anymore. It's got these UTVs or razors yeah. or whatever, but put a radio in there. Um, yep. I mean, that's, that becomes your, your, your little mobile, you know, your cross band repeat station. Exactly. Um, so hopefully if you do roll it or something happens, it doesn't get too destroyed, but. Um, Just make sure if you're the cross band repeat, don't, yeah. don't get <laughs> don't crazy. Do anything, yeah. <laughs> Behave on that one. But. but and yeah. those units. Is it the same brand because they're pumping out that higher wattage? It's just so the, the one that I would suggest on that it's um, still a Chinese brand. It's about two hundred forty bucks. It's the TYT ninety eight hundred. Um, so for people listening, um, check that out. Um, I've had one for a while that it's I mean, it pretty much does exactly what you want it to do, and it does have GMRS capability. Um, you're not supposed to use it on GMRS, but it works just fine. Okay. Um, so that would be if you want to get started on having something mobile in a vehicle or having something at the house or something that would, that would a 50 watt radio is where I would start. Um, just because if you're going to spend the time, put an antenna up or put it in a vehicle, get the full 50 Watts. Don't get the 15 or the 25 watt or anything like that. You might as well give it's it worth up. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. And I see them even where there's no, like in Wyoming and in Texas, it's wide open and eastern. And I think what I see, they have these antennas off of, you know, trucks. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, it kind of looks like a Red Bull can in the size mm-hmm. off the top. And I think those are antennas that they're kind of mounted underneath a truck cap or, or whatnot because you have either no cell phone coverage, but they're out there on those oil rigs mm-hmm. and drilling or exploration. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah. So, and they, who knows what they're they're using? Because I mean, they they might be separated enough, and they've got the big oil money, so that could right. be could be anything. But um, that's like my truck. It's got the. I've had. I haven't wanted to drill a hole in the roof yet, so I still yep. have mag mount on it. But yep. um, been fine. I haven't had it blow off on the freeway or anything. I've forgot forgot about it a couple times in the parking structure, but that's why it bends, it right? The, yeah, yep. just get exactly. out, put it back on the roof, and keep going. Yeah. So. Exactly. That's good stuff. Good stuff, man. A lot of information. Wow. 
Incredible. So if we could just recap uh, for everybody, your basic plan, get, you know, inexpensive radio that is programmable for GMRS, or it already comes with those 22 channels, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I would definitely start there. Get, get a couple of them. You're going to want to get two so you can test them out with somebody. Get online. Get the GMRS license. It's 35 bucks. Yeah, you you probably have your GMRS call sign before Amazon drops the two radios off. So expect to spend about 60 bucks, 70 bucks on the pair of radios. And a lot of times they'll come with the programming stuff that you need as far as the cable. Software's free. Um or you could program them by hand. Okay. Um, so that's, that's pretty easy. Yeah. It's easier to do it on the computer. Okay. <laughs> but there are enough YouTube videos around that if you spend five minutes, you can you can figure it out. Okay. Um, but as soon as you get that license, you can get on and start talking on repeaters across the state. And that's, that's huge. So yeah. Get the two radios, program them the exact same way, give them to someone to test out, and kind of go from there. And okay. then start pushing to see... Where in the state, you know, what you can get away with distance-wise, try the different antennas out. So these backpacking antennas, the, um, you know, the mag mount antennas. And once again, so the backpacking antenna with a with probably like a 15-foot lead on it is only 30 bucks. Wow. And so the mag mount antenna for the vehicle or for the cookie sheet in your office, probably another 30 bucks. Crazy. Okay. So cheap, it's, cheap, cheap, cheap. So with even without having... You could have one of these handhelds at home. It doesn't put out the the same watt because mm-hmm. it's limited at five. But if you just in a you lived in the same neighborhood and just I mean, we're all hunters and that's what we're we're geared to on this conversation. But we're also wanting everybody to be able to be prepared for mm-hmm. any situation. It's I mean for almost under a hundred bucks right out there, you could have two radios, two bigger antennas, and be able to have some decent communication. Definitely the neighborhood, definitely the subdivision area, um, depending on how spread out everyone was. I mean, I know certain, some areas are definitely a lot more spread out. Right. That would be where having some of the higher power options, you would be able to reach out. Um, Cause I know with the antennas that I have on my house, they're not that, not much better than what this will put out. And I can talk pretty far into South Phoenix and Tempe. Um, so incredible. Just, so distance wise, and that's just 50 Watts. And I actually have that antenna is held up by a 15 foot pool cleaning brush from Ace Hardware. <laughs> so that's like, and it's easy enough to take up or down. Like right. I said, I don't have an HOA, so they get, my neighbors get to stare at the blue pool pole in the backyard. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> if you needed to go out and take it down, you know, to, yep. those are telescopic. Yeah. So awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. And then from the vehicle, having that mobile unit with the higher wattage and a magnetic antenna, and then you can go into the amateur, and you that would require that FCC license. Mm-hmm. And as you said, the price on that, is that good for 10 years like the GMRS, or is yep. that yearly? Nope, it's, it's 10 years. And then, like I said, once you take that test for that level of whatever licenses, you never have to take that test again. That's so great. Get it knocked out, and then you never have to do it again. Just pay your... Hopefully, it's probably not going to be 35 bucks <laughs> in 10 years, but uh, um, just to renew pay it, it again, just to renew it. You keep your call sign, you keep everything. Um, so it ends up being not a big deal. But like I said, there are seven and 12 year olds that take and pass the test. You just kind of you just have to decide you want to do it and get it done. And gotcha. you can do it from home. So great. There's really no excuse. Yeah. Well, can you leave us with any parting words? Um, you train with independence training here in Phoenix, Arizona, and teach some of these classes a little bit more in depth, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, any other way that they can reach out and get a hold of you? Um, if you, well, my call sign is N7RTH. So if you Google that, um, I'll, you'll see me all over the place. But um, I don't know, maybe in the show notes, I can throw my email address up because that way people aren't having to type it out. But um, yeah, if you've got questions, um, I know we're, we're pretty active on, on our, on the independence training. We have an alumni Facebook group, but once again, I'm not hard to find on Facebook or Instagram either. So just Ted Harden, um, either, <laughs> if you get an older guy that looks like a realtor, that's my dad. So look for, <laughs> look for the guy that isn't quite as old, the younger Ted. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, yeah, just reach out and if you have questions, but my biggest thing would be. Get out and test your stuff. Um, know what the capability is. Don't don't just go buy the radios. 
mess with them for a day or two and then throw them in a bag someplace, you know, get out and, you know, you don't have to make it a hobby. Like I said, you, you obviously have some sort of need that, uh, needs to be fulfilled by, you know, or having some communication need that needs to be fulfilled. So that's all it needs to be, but you don't know what, what it's capable of if you're not getting out and, and making it happen. Absolutely. So. Yep. For sure. I love it. Love it. And Mikey always closes us out in prayer. All right, Lord, uh, we thank you, for Lord, for uh, another great speaker, Lord, and just uh, expanding our knowledge and just teaching us, you know, just the, the incredible opportunities that are out there, Lord. I just ask that you uh, bless our listeners, Lord, and bless Ted and his family, Lord, and I just thank you, Lord, that we have people like Ted, Lord, that has this expertise and capability when there is an emergency, Lord, that when people need it, that there's a great option, you know, to bring a communication to to bring resolution and to help. So, Lord, I just ask that you would uh, bless our country, Lord, as we as we always ask, Lord, and bless our military, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.